Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Welcome to today's broadcast. I'm glad that you're, uh, you've, you've decided to listen to this podcast and download it. I uh, encourage you to share it with a friend. And uh, be sure to put it on your Facebook page and let people know that uh, you're listening to Christian uh, Business Concepts. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about uh, destructive defects of a leader. These are defects that leaders have that that keep them from being as successful as they as they need to be. And I, I, I I'm not going to have the time to go into great detail for each one. And I hope that you'll continue to study and to uh, find uh, books to read and continue to have a growth plan. We've talked about that. Everybody, I believe, everybody should have a growth plan. And uh, so if there's any of these areas that you think that is uh, affecting you in a negative way, then I hope that you'll continue to do something about it and learn more. But uh, let's just uh, jump right in and start talking about the destructive defects of a leader. Uh, First uh, is disinterest in other people. Uh, this is a truly a destructive defect of a good leader. A leader who is interested in other people will, number one, they'll speak kindly uh, they'll place the good of people first. They'll have a servant's heart. They'll focus on people's strengths. And a leader who's interested in other people will look beyond people's weaknesses and wrongdoings, and they'll see their potential and their possibilities. Um, you know, people who are disinterested in others lack that effectiveness with their people. And let me be perfectly clear. There, I know a lot of people think, well, you know, you're an ex-pastor, so a lot of your views come from where you were pastoring a church, and that doesn't work in business. But let me tell you this. What I have found is that everything that I learned through God's Word, I have been able to use in business. There's not been one thing that I've not been able to use. So let me tell you, you know, when I say that, I'm speaking from experience. I'm not just speaking out of my mind what I think or or what other people's opinions are. I'm telling you what has worked. So I know that these principles will work, you know, whether you're in business, whether you're a leader in a church, it doesn't matter. But one of those destructive defects is disinterest in other people. Uh, I do just want to, again, say this last point because – a very good leader who's interested in other people, they look beyond people's weaknesses and wrongdoings. Listen, we all make mistakes. We all have weaknesses, every single one of us. But a good leader sees their potential. He sees what their possibilities are. That's what makes him a good leader. Another destructive defect is the betrayal of trust. We've seen that time and time again on a national level, um, you know, it, it comes, and, and the easiest way to violate somebody's trust is to, first of all, not follow through. So, you know, you decide and tell people, okay, we're going to take care of this. We're going to fix this problem. It could be a safety issue. It could be a personnel issue. It could be a number of things, but you just don't follow through and you don't do anything about it. And you become known as a person who doesn't follow through. So you tell people things, and they just know that you're not going to do anything about it. And they just don't trust you. 
you know, another part of that betrayal of trust is um, to they fail to keep promises that they've made. Uh, let me give an example. When I first went to work for the company that I worked for some years ago, uh, I came to work for them for as a regional sales director. And the the I came through an ad, and the ad had a very specific uh, uh, salary that was mentioned in the advertisement. And, and so when they offered me the job, they offered me less than what it was in the paper. And I took issue with that. I did. I took issue with it. Had a conversation with them. But after it was all said and done, I, I took the job. But I took it under one condition. I said, if I become, and I fully expected to, if I become the best regional sales manager that you have in 12 months, then you're going to have to pay me not just what the ad originally said, but you got to pay me 10% more. That was agreed upon by the person hiring me and myself. Well, a year went by, and I wound up being their number one regional sales director. And so I started asking, you know, my boss for a raise. And he kept putting me off, and he kept, you know, giving me excuses of why I didn't have time, so on and so forth. And so after about three months... I was at a trade show, and I got the owner of the company, and I got him off to the side, and I said, hey, I need to talk to you. We walked away from the trade show booth, and I said, look, I think I'm going to be uh, quitting my job and looking for something else. And he said, oh, my gosh, what? why? What's going on? And I told him what had happened. I said, I can't work for somebody I do not trust, and I can't trust my boss, you know, the person that hired me, when he tells me, if this happens, I will do this for you, and then he doesn't. So I don't trust him, and I therefore cannot work for him. And, you know, he said, you know, he made me promise that I wouldn't, you know, uh, officially quit yet. He wanted to have a conversation, and it wasn't 48 hours. I was in the office having a, a sit-down with this boss and getting the raise that, that I was promised. But the fact is, is that these are the kinds of things that really cause good employees to leave your employment because they don't trust you, and because you've done things to, to, to betray that trust. Another thing is, is when you take credit for other people's works, that's a horrible thing to do. Don't ever take credit for somebody else's work, even if you don't mean to do it. You need to be very sensitive about it. I brag on my people. I want my people to make better decisions than I do, because then that just looks good on me uh, with regards to how I taught them, how I trained them. You know, um, they hired a, a uh, vice president they came into the company one time, and he was really bad about taking credit for other people's work. And he used to do it to me. And I never said anything. I just let it go. I did my job. I did what he asked me to do, but then he'd take credit for it. Well, the owner of the company found out about it, and it wasn't 30 days he was gone. That was one of the pet peeves that this, that this owner had was taking, you know, taking credit for work that you didn't do. But it's a quick way to betray somebody's trust is to take advantage of that. Uh, the other thing is is they play favorites. You know, when you, when you play favorites, you betray the trust that people have in you. You don't play favorites. You treat everybody the same. Now, let me say this. I treat everybody with the same respect. So let me clarify what I had just spoken. I treat everyone, especially customers, with the same respect, but I don't treat everyone the same way. And, and I wish I had a little bit more time to go into detail, but it, with how it relates to customers, I always say, you know, look, if he's a, a, a $300,000-a-year customer, I'm not going to treat him the same as I would a customer who does $500 a year. I will treat them with the same respect, but I'm obviously not going to treat them the same way. 
because my $300,000 a year customer, if he calls me today and says, can you get this out tomorrow? I'm going to tell him yes. But the guy who does $500 a year, I may not tell him yes, but I'll tell him I'll do the best that I can to get it out as quick as I can. You know, so I see, treat him with the same respect. But you don't play favorites. Uh, you know, the next um, destructive defect that a leader has and can have is the inability to develop people. You know, R.J. Reynolds was asked one time, they said, how did you get all of these millionaires to go to work for you? And he quickly answered, he said, they weren't millionaires when they came to work for me. He created a lot of millionaires. Uh, he knew how to develop people. And one of the big flaws that leaders sometimes has is the inability to develop people. They don't. You need four skills to develop other people. And let me give them to you. Number one, work skills. That's when people see you. Number two is people skills. That's when people like you. Then there are leadership skills. That's when people follow you. And then there's equipping skills. That's when people help you. And when you think about it, Jesus possessed all four of these skills. He had work skills. He had people skills. He had leadership skills. He had equipping skills. You need all four of those skills to develop other people. And equipping people, you know, has five stages. I do it. In other words, I do it. I model it. I model it. I'm doing it. Look look what I'm doing. I model it. Number two, I do it, and you're with me. So what am I doing now? I'm mentoring them. So first, I model it. I do it. People see me do it. Next, I do it, and you're with me. I'm going to mentor you. Then third is you do it, and I'm with you. I monitor you at that point. And then you do it. I'm not with you. You just do it. Now I'm motivating you. And then number five, you do it, and somebody else is with you. Now I multiply myself. And that is really one of the things that you want to do in equipping and developing people. You're trying to multiply yourself. You know, it's great to have five or six people doing what you do instead of you doing what you do, right? So Jesus is our great example of these things um, in developing people. So when you look at, look at Jesus' example, um, he delegated to them. So like in Luke chapter 9, verse 13, he told them, you go feed the 5,000. He didn't say he was. He said, you do it. He was delegating them. Uh, next, uh, Jesus gave them authority. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he gave them authority. Um, the next thing, he gave and received feedback. In Luke chapter 22, verse 35, 36, he says, He said unto them, When I sent you out without purse, without script, without shoes, lacked you anything? And they said, Nothing. Then he said unto them, But now he that has a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script, and he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So what was he doing? They gave him feedback. He had sent them out, said, Don't take any money. Don't take, any, don't, don't take anything. And then he asked them, okay, you've come back. How did you do? Well, we did great. Well, did you lack anything? No, we didn't lack anything. Okay, well, that's great. But now's the time where you need to make sure you got some money on you, that you've got a purse. You also need a script, and you need a sword. So sell what you got and go buy a sword. 
So he received feedback and then continued to give them direction. Uh, in Luke uh, or in Matthew chapter 14, in verses 28 and uh, 29, uh, in verse 28 it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Remember he was in the boat, Jesus comes walking in the water. Peter says, Hey, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out there unto you on the water. Verse 29, And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And then we know the story. He saw the waves and the winds and everything, and he doubted, and then he started to sink. But what I want you to know was that he had already taken a few steps to Jesus because the Bible says that Jesus reached down and grabbed him as he started to sink. So he had to walk enough to get close to Jesus at that point. So what Jesus did was he stretched Peter. So he gave and received feedback. He gave them authority. He delegated to them, and he tried to stretch them as well. Another defect, uh, a defect of leaders, destructive defect, is the inability to give good direction. The inability to give good direction. God gave Noah very precise instructions. Joseph gave Pharaoh very specific directions for the welfare of his entire kingdom. And if he hadn't have done what Joseph has said, his kingdom would have never lasted. It would have been destroyed by famine. But he listened to Joseph because he gave him good direction. I've always believed, and you know, with, with everything that I've done, even in my church when I pastored, I always believed in having clear and written job descriptions. You know, a written job descriptions help people know when they're doing a good job. You don't have to tell them they're doing a good job. They know they're doing a good job. Why? Because they got a job description that said this is what it is to do a good job. So they can compare that to what they're doing and know. So job descriptions do that. Job uh, uh, descriptions give clear expectations. You know, so I think having job descriptions is a good thing. But it's part of giving direction. But you've got to be good and have a good ability to give good direction. Another flaw or, or, or another, uh, you know, destructive uh, defect that, you know, leaders have is they do not communicate. Good communication should include letting people know what's expected in a very simple and straightforward way, letting everybody know how their efforts are going to impact the common goal, and provide. you should always provide written and verbal instructions. You know, don't, just don't go half-cocked. Don't just go shoot off the cuff and just tell somebody something. Make sure that you, you've written it. Make sure it's, it's verbal instructions as well. A lot of leaders do not communicate well. I've, I've been blindsided by owners of businesses in the past. I've been blindsided by management people um, that, that work under me. They, they don't communicate. It's important to communicate. You know, many leaders make assumptions by not listening. In their minds, they're already jumping ahead of what the person is saying while they're speaking. So they make assumptions before they really hear what the employee is saying. Uh, people's thoughts, you got to realize it comes from their own perspective. They have their own perspective, their own experience, their own outlooks. So if you don't pay attention to that when you're listening to them, you make these assumptions based upon your perspectives and experience. So listen to what that person is saying. Pay attention with your ears, but also with your body language. When you listen to somebody, make sure your body language says you're listening to them. Lean in, nod your head. 
Make sure that they know you're listening to them. You should give good and valuable feedback when they talk to you. Then turn around and give good feedback. Uh, You need to communicate all things that are going to directly affect that person. The worst thing you can do is not tell somebody something that directly affects them, and then they find out about it after it already happens. Poor communication. Um, All right, another destructive defect is selfishness. When something is all about that person, they'll go to great measures to get it. And that can be very destructive because they'll do it whatever it takes. They're just selfish. Selfish leaders do not care about anybody else. Selfish leaders always use fear and sometimes anger as their motivation. It's a form of manipulation is what it is. When you try to use fear and anger to motivate somebody, you're trying to manipulate them. Selfish leaders are often dictatorial. They act like dictators. It's all about what they say. Selfish leaders will lie. Selfish leaders are only concerned about how decisions benefit themselves. And selfish leaders very seldom do they ever encourage other people. So make sure you're not a selfish leader. Uh, The next destructive one is lack of integrity. Integrity is what you do when there's nobody around to see you do it. Integrity means taking responsibility and accountability for your actions. Integrity demonstrates reliability and trustability. You know, when you're reliable, people see you as being a person of integrity. If you're constantly late to a meeting, if you constantly blow off a meeting, if you constantly are, are, are not a reliable person, then you get tagged with a lack of integrity. You know, integrity demonstrates a very strong work ethic. And integrity does not look the other way when dishonest actions are committed. They address it. I mean, I see people all the time, even in management, there'll be a piece of paper laying out in the parking lot, and they'll they'll walk right by it and just leave it there. Employees are watching you. They'll see you. I always make sure I pick it up because I would expect them to pick it up. That's being a person of integrity. Uh, Another uh, destructive defect is the inability to be flexible. And that's simply a refusal refusal to change. Um, It's a lack of adaptability. Now, you think about this. Kodak, Kodak camera, they developed the first digital camera, but they decided to stick with film cameras. Why? Because they refused to change. They refused to change. They weren't flexible. They didn't want to adapt. Blockbuster had three opportunities to purchase Netflix in the very beginning when they got started. But they thought it was just a fad. Really? Thought it was just a fad. Texas Roadhouse during COVID became one of the most profitable restaurant um, companies in the country because they changed the way that they did things because of COVID. And they became very good at it. You know, being flexible is something that you need to meet the demands of a changing workforce. You have to be flexible. A changing economy, you got to be flexible. And a changing marketplace, you got to be flexible. All right, another uh, destructive part uh, of, of, a, uh, of, a, of a leader is the inability to think strategically. Um, Henry Ford said, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probable reason why so few people engage in it, which is kind of funny. Uh, But a lot of leaders struggle 
you know, it's it really is a destructive defect when you can't think strategically. You know, you have the thought process of a worker, and they think, well, how's this going to affect me? Then there's the thought process of a manager. Well, how's this going to affect my department? But the thought press of uh, thought process of a leader is how's this going to affect my people in my organization? Strategic thinking is needed for problem solving and decision making. Got to have it. Strategic thinking involves seeing the big picture. You got to be able to see the big picture. You got to get up high enough that you can see the big picture uh, in order to develop the strategies that you need. Strategic thinking helps you to plan ahead and. Strategic thinking requires fearless effort. Fearless effort. If you're afraid of making a bad decision, you'll always make bad decisions or you'll make no decisions. Um, I'll give you an example of some of the strategic thinking. Uh, Tom Friends, who who was a New York Times uh, writer, sports writer, he asked Jimmy Johnson. Now, Jimmy Johnson was one of the greatest football coaches that the Dallas Cowboys has ever had. And he asked Jimmy Johnson one time, what did you tell your players right before the game? And now this was the game in 1993. It was a Super Bowl. It wasn't just any game. This was a Super Bowl, 1993. He said, what would you tell your guys? He said, I told them that if I laid a two-by-four across the floor and I asked everybody to walk across it and not fall, You'd all do it because your focus would be focused on walking across the board. But if I put that same two-by-four across two buildings, ten stories high, only a few of you would even try. And why? Because you'd be focused on falling. And Johnson told his players not to focus on the crowd, don't focus on the media, don't focus on the possibility of falling or failing, but focus on each play of the game as if it just were a good practice session. And if you know anything about sports, in 1993, the Cowboys won that game 52-7 to because he helped them to focus. He helped them to have strategic thinking. So strategic thinkers are good at asking questions. They're good at prioritizing thoughts and ideas. They're good at peeling back the onion. That's what I call it. I call it peeling back the onion. When somebody says, well, this is why we do it this way. Well, why? Then they give me that answer. I'll ask them again, well, why? I just keep peeling that onion back so I can get to the real answer, to get to the real answer. Uh, Strategic thinkers are good at assessing things. Strategic thinkers are lifelong learners. They they never think they've, they've figured it out or they know everything. They're always trying to learn. And strategic thinkers are also creative thinkers. And if you're going to be a creative thinker, you've always got to be open-minded. Never be satisfied with the status quo. That's the way we've always done it. Never allow yourself to get in a rut. You know, don't do that as well. You've got to be a strategic thinker. So I hope today that you've learned some things about what some of the uh, destructive defects of a leader are, and I hope that none of you have it. So I'm going to pray with you today. Lord, thank you for those who are listening to the podcast today. And I pray, Lord, that you would help each and every one of them become the godly leader that they need to be for the company they work for, for the business they own, or maybe the church that they are pastor of or or the church that they're involved in. Help them to be, Lord, an effective and efficient leader and to not have any of the traits of a uh, destructive 
uh, type of trait in their life. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to uh, this week's podcast. And remember, Jesus is Lord and he wants you to be blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to christianbusinessconcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.